Welcome to the Project Lighthouse podcast. This podcast contains series of teachings and messages from sessions of our Bible study vigils and word and prayer retreats. We hope you enjoy today's teaching. Amen. Amen. Now, that's for metaphor. There's also hyperbole in the Bible. Hyperbole. Hyperbole is exaggerations that are not logical. Exactly. Uh, what's the dictionary? Check, check the meaning of hyperbole. Check the meaning of hyperbole. A dictionary. Hyperbole or hyperbole. H y p e r. I think. You really. Hyperbole. Not to be taken literally. Exactly. An exaggerated what? Statements. Extreme. Very important. Extreme. Extreme. See now, see First Corinthians 4.15. says, For though you have 10,000 instructors in Christ, four fifteen. Ye have you not many fathers? For though you have ten thousand instructors, ah, is it possible to have ten thousand instructors? No, that's an hyperbole. That's an extreme exaggeration. Stretch past the points. So if you start thinking, ah, Paul, is, Paul says it's possible to have that, you're yeah, into the error. You get that. Let's take First Corinthians four. Let's take, sorry, Galatians four fifteen. Galatians four fifteen says, "When is then the blessing that you spoke of? For I bear you record that if it had been possible, you would have plucked out your eyes, your own eyes, and given them to me. If they're possible, you would have plucked out your own eyes and given them to me. Is that an exaggeration?" Would they have plugged their own eyes? No. Is that a figure of speech? Yes. Is that an, an uh, hyperbole? Yes. Let's check another hyperbole. Let's check First Corinthians 13. First Corinthians 13, 1 to 3. They do I speak with tongues of men and of angels and have no charity and become as a sounding brass or a thinking symbol. And do I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and I have all faith so that I can move mountains and have no charity, I have nothing. And do I bestow all my goods to feed the poor and do I give my body to be burned and have no charity, prophet many not. So Paul, yes, speaks most of his Communication in this verse one to three is hyperbole. Most of his communication is hyperbole. You understand? 
Let's move on. Oxymoron. Take it down. Oxymoron. So you understand? So those were hyperboles. You're trying to explain something. Don't see. Don't get stuck in the in the figure of speech and miss out what the person is trying to pass across. Does it mean if you try 10,000? Would you be counting people? One, two, three. Ah, God, God, it's just, it's just 900 though. If you made 100, ah. <laughs> what, what's that? It's 1,000. Figure of speech. Just showing you, trying to show you something. Don't, don't miss it. Don't, don't miss it because it's 1,000. And you're chasing one person and say, ah, Lord, this one person. Where are they? Go, Lord. God of Abraham, God of my Dio, where my 999, bring them now, now Lord, now, 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 that is wrong. You are missing the points. Just trying to show you the power that's available. And how, and, and you know when you say one person is chasing 1000, what comes wow, this is a strong guy. This is a guy that has authority. This is a guy that has power. I mean, now, that was the message. Trying to show you the power that he made available. Not, not in the numbers of people that, you understand? Don't get lost in the, in the figure of speech. Very important. So, Oxymoron. First Corinthians 1. Mm. What's an Oxymoron, first of all? Check it in your dictionary. I don't know why I didn't write it there. That's going to tell us one thirty five. If you go speech, what? In which towards? Opposing meanings are used together for effects. See first Corinthians one twenty five. This is what. The foolishness, of, the foolishness of God is wiser than men. The question is, God, is God foolish? So, you, like that, you already, you already know that it's a figure of speech. Because is God foolish? No. It's an oxymoron. Foolishness and wisdom used together for effects. What is the effect? To show you the foolishness of man. <laughs> It doesn't show you the wisdom of God, though. It show you that man is foolish. Or it show you the foolishness of man. Or 1 Corinthians 3 1. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 1. It says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal. Even as unto babes in Christ. He uses carnal and spiritual to describe a, 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 a people, a church. Now, the opposite of carnal is spiritual. And the opposite of spiritual is carnal. And in, in the previous chapter, he let us know that the man in Christ or the man who has received the gospel is spiritual. That's why he says, but I cannot talk, talk to you as unto spiritual. 
So though you are spiritual, I'm going to talk to you spiritual, but I'm carnal. And people say there's one like carnal Christian. There's one like a carnal Christian. You're either spiritual or carnal. You're either carnally minded or spiritually minded. But Paul used spiritual and carnal to show them something. What do you call it? At the end of the day, say babes in Christ. So when you're spiritual and you're acting carnal, who are you? You are a babe in Christ. You are not a carnal Christian. Very important. And some, 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 let me just say this by the way. Some people in the church world, when a believer is acting carnal, to them, the believer has lost his salvation. But Paul does not say that. I mean, Paul wrote to someone that the, the guy was fornicating with his father's wife. I mean, his father's stepmother or something like that. Stepmother. But did he tell him that he has lost his salvation? No. Because even in 2 Corinthians, he to restore him back. So I don't I don't that just by the way. I don't talk to salvation. We'll talk about that later. So the spiritual man, it's possible for the spiritual man to act canal. But when you're acting canal, it's because you're a babe in Christ. Because you are weak in the faith. It's expected that you grow. And how do you grow? By the knowledge of the word of God. As you begin to understand Christ, you understand yourself. And then you begin to walk according to who you are. Not who you are not. So, a canal Christian is an oxymoron. Or a canal spiritual, an oxymoron. Do you get that? Now, this is, this is, this is very important. Now, pay attention to this. Idiomatic expressions. Idiomatic expressions. Now, don't miss this. This is very important. If you miss this, you have missed. This, this is the, the crux of figure of speech. Let's take Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians. If I've been sleeping, please wake up now. This is very important. Ah, okay. Verse seven. First Corinthians twelve. I'm sorry. Second Corinthians twelve, from verse seven. It says. Unless I be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to befriend me, lest I be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord Christ that he might depart from me. There was given unto me a thorn in the flesh. Now, a thorn in the flesh does not mean sickness, so. Mean? A thorn in the flesh is an idiomatic expression. Because flesh is there, does not mean it means something that has to do with, with the flesh. It's an idiomatic. Let, let's, 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 
other scriptures where it was used. Numbers 33. Numbers 33, 55. It says, But if you will not drive out the inhabitants of the land from you, then it shall come to pass that those which ye let remain of them shall be pricks in your eyes and thorns in your sides and shall vex you in the land where ye dwell. Is it sickness or people? Numbers 33, 55. 33, 55. Is this sickness or a people? People. Judges 2, verse 3. Judges 2, verse 3. Wherefore I said, I also said, I will not drive them out from before you, but they shall be as stones in your sides, and their God shall be a stone to you. They shall be, is that sickness or a people? People, right? Second Samuel. Twenty-three. Verse 6. It says, But the sons of Belial shall be all of them as stones, trust away, because they cannot be taken with hands. So, is that sickness of people? People. So, thorn in the flesh or thorn in the sides does not refer to sickness, but refers to men. Men, irritants, hindrances, annoying actions that they do. That is what they call turn in the flesh, referring to men and their actions. If you watch football, if I say, ah, Omar, mercy was a turn in the flesh to mind you. Does it mean mercy was sickness or mind you was sick? No. I mean, mercy was tormented them. It was an, it was, it was an irritant. It was a problem. So, turn in the flesh is used for people and their actions against. So, when Paul said it was given to me a turn in the flesh, it's not sickness. So, people said it's sickness. It's not sickness. It was men. So, people said it's from God that God gave him a turn in the flesh. How? Because in the next, the next reward after that, he said, a messenger of who? Satan. I mean, it was God who gave him. I said, the messenger was God now. I be now. I be now. He said, but it was, given, it was given to me a thorn in the flesh, a messenger of Satan. So the thorn in the flesh was not from God, it was from Satan. And it was not sickness, it was men. What are they doing? Persecuting him. That's how Paul can pray or tell the people in the church in Romans, the Roman church, to pray, to pray for me. That Lord, um, deliver me, for not all men have faith. 
So the men that don't have faith, they were disturbing him and they were the thorns in the flesh. Disturbing the propagation of the gospel. That is, that is what Paul was talking about. And Bible says he prayed three times. And God said, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made manifest in weakness. Because what you need to understand is that, please pay attention. You are with me now? You are with me? I you me. What you need to understand is that, there's one thing I cannot escape in this life, is persecution. A believer, you will, see, if you're going to walk in the will of God, you're going to fulfill God's plan for you or for your life, to the T, you will be persecuted, whether you like it or not. The only people who are not persecuted are Christians who have compromised their faith. You cannot escape it. It's a thorn in the flesh. You have to, you're going to, you're going to. Men who chase you away, fight you, argue with you. Scandal. Blaspheme. Spoil your name. You cannot escape it. It's part of, it's part of the job. That's why Paul was saying in Philippians that it's not given to you for you to believe, but also to suffer for his name. Suffering. You cannot escape it. You will suffer for his name. Nobody don't like the word suffer. They used to shall make it, you'll be blessed. They're suffering, they're suffering in Christ. But you're not suffering, you know when you lie and they catch you, I say, no, no, no. You're suffering for the kingdom, suffering for doing God's work, suffering for doing what is right in an evil world. Can I escape it? Amen? Amen? So, torn in the flesh is not sickness. Torn in the flesh is man or men and their actions and their irritating actions and their annoying actions. Not sickness. God does not give anybody sickness. So, I mean, calm down. How do you think? In what world? That God gives you sickness to train you. I, mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I really don't know what the excuse they give, because please think. Let, let's let's think like guys that have brain. Who gains more from you being sick, God or, or the devil? I mean, the devil or God? I mean, God gave you a walk. Go out and preach the gospel. Then you become sick. You cannot go out. And I say, yeah, it's God's will. Are you all right? How is that God's will? Who tries to make you less, less effective in the things of God? God or the devil? The devil. So why, why would you think that God stands something to gain by making you sick? Because he wants to train you or correct you. That's nonsense. That is Kapupu. You know what Kapupu is? You know what Kapupu is? It's censored. I cannot say it. You know, hands will be laid. I don't know hands will be laid. God does not enjoy people being sick. 
That's why, that's why, see, that's why you see when God came on the scene in Jesus Christ. Majority of what he did was healing. Who did he heal? Believers? No. Those guys were sinners. Yet he healed them. So, why do you not think that you as a believer? And let's see now, you're a believer. It's now that time that God wants to now treat you with sickness. Ah uh-uh. ah. Uh-uh. No now. Sickness is of the devil, number one. Sometimes sickness is of your own carelessness. Sometimes you're careless and you become sick. It's, it's the world we are in. It's a very corrupt world. I might say world, I mean the earth. The mosquitoes, their mind is not renewed. <laughs> They are, they are waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God. I mean, when you say manifestation of the sons of God, don't think manifestation of the sons of God means, I don't know what people interpret as. It just means the glorification of your body. That's the manifestation of the sons of God. In context. So let's that, take another idiomatic expression. Luke 10 39. Luke 10 39. I think we'll, we'll end. Okay, we'll take one more idiomatic expression, then we'll end. Luke 10, 39. It says, and talking about Martha, and she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his words. She had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his words. And in our limited understanding, we feel that Martha was sitting at the feet of Jesus Christ. Even Tasha Cobbs, even I love that lady. She has a song, "Forever at Your Feet." Forever at your feet, forever. I love that song. I say it to Isha or Loki. Don't tell anybody. Ah, uh, so forever at your feet, at the feet. What, what does it mean? The question would be, what does it mean to be, sit at the feet? That's what it means. I remember one day, I, I was just, I like being mischievous. I just put, I want to be on my own self So I want to sit at the feet of an ever-going woman. I'm like, I, I want to sit at the feet. Believers, ah, oh, you know, I just, you know, I was brush it off. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't want to talk in unnecessary long talk because they, they didn't understand what I meant. Question would be: What does it mean to sit at the feet? Let's see. Let's see how it was used. Somewhere else. Acts four thirty-five. Acts four thirty-five. Let's see how Luke Luke uses it. It's interesting to note that it was. Luke that wrote Acts and it was Luke that used that word. That means it was, it was exclusive. That's how he wrote. He liked that expression. Acts 4 35. Let's see. Interesting. See? Neither was there any among them that lacked. For as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet. And distribution was made unto every man, every man according as he had need. So does, does this mean that when they sold their land, the apostles were sitting down? And then they brought money and clothes and everything, and everything was just on their feet? 
Is that what is that what is that what it means? That's what it means. Let's check Acts twenty two, our last reference before we arrive at a conclusion. Verse three. This is Paul speaking now. He says, "I am verily a man, which am a Jew." Born in Tarsus, a city in Sicilia, gets brought up in this city at the feet of Gamalia, Gamaliel, and taught according to the perfect man of the law of the fathers, and was zealous toward God as he all are this day. It says, gets brought up in this city at the feet of Gamalia. Does this mean that Paul was always at the feet of Gamalia? If Gamalia was walking to the markets, Paul would be there at his feet, following him. No. Acts 22 verse 3. Yeah. Be- because at the feet, sitting or dwelling or dropping does not mean, it's not literal, it's an idiomatic expression that means to be under authority. It means to be a disciple, to be learning. You understand, Emmanuel? It means to be a disciple. It means to learn. It means to be under the authority of someone. So when Paul said that I was brought up in this city at the feet of Gamaliel, it didn't mean that he was growing. At, it meant that he was a disciple of Gamaliel. It meant that he was learning from him. When the Bible says that they, they, they distributed and they brought it to the feet of apostles, it doesn't mean that they, they came to and literally drop it at their feet. No. It means that they put it under their authority. Now, okay, you guys handle this matter. Do not literally be like dropping at your feet. So when the Bible says, and Mary sat at the feet of Jesus, listening, learning, listening. I mean, learning, Mary, Mary was as a disciple. Mary was a student of the word. She was learning from Jesus. She was not, it doesn't mean that she was literally sitting down at the feet of Jesus Christ. No. It means that she, she was to be seen around disciples. Or with his disciples. I mean, as, as Peter was there, listening to what Jesus Christ was saying, John sitting down around, Mary too was there, learning. Amen? Amen? So is the Bible not fun like this? Like, I'm not excited to read the Bible. The Bible is not mysterious. The Bible is. is, is see, when, when you understand that the Bible is just like a normal book. That you need to read. Though it has spiritual information, but you can read it and make sense of it. Bible study is always is interesting. It's, it might be stressful sometimes, but it's interesting. Let me end on this. Let's go to Second Timothy. Second Timothy two. Let me end of yeah. Second Timothy. First Timothy two. Sorry. Yeah. First Timothy two. We end here. It says, I exalt therefore that first of all, open your Bible. First Timothy 2. Yeah, I know you're tired. You have tried. You deserve some accolades. <laughs> first Timothy 2, yeah. Verse 1. 
It says, I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. And this is good, that for this is good and said to be inside of our God of God our Savior, who will have all men to be saved and to come unto the knowledge of the truth. So this is Paul. He said, I want you people, or I want us to be praying for all men. Then in case you, be, you want to think that it excludes some certain set of people. That says, for kings and for those in authority. That means they're inclusive of the all men. I wonder as I read the scripture, I'm like, okay, calm down. So, Paul says we should pray for all men that we may lead a peaceable life. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. I mean, I'm praying for them that we. I pay attention. I'm praying for them that we. But if I'm praying for them that we, that means I'm not praying for them, I'm praying for me. But Paul is praying, saying that you pray for them. And, and how we end it in verse 4, he says, Yeah, who will have all men be saved? That means the personality content, as I said before, of this scripture is in the all men. Remember, verse 1 says, Pray for all men. You want all men to be saved. That means it's about a day. But verse 2 now puts a we inside. Why? Because it's King James. They tried. They tried their best. But there's an error in their translation. Because it's not... This is how it is. This is how it meant to be. This is how Paul, the instruction was not vague. Paul was trying to address something. He gave instructions and he gave prayer points to be prayed. I'll come let me read it. It says, Pray for all men, verse 1, says, for kings and for all that are, in, uh, that are in authority, that we know that who? They may lead. Did you get that? Look, look at the scripture. Look, look, at, look at me. Look at the Bible. Be, see, let me again from verse 1. I exhort therefore that first of all supplications, prayers, and decisions, and giving of thanks be made for all men. Now notice that all men is the subject matter. For kings and for all that are in authority, part of the all men, that we know that they may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who will have all men be saved. So the prayer point is not for, you know, we're not praying for them that we know. We're praying for them that they. And what are we praying for? Their salvation. It was not a vague instruction. 
Because people say, ah, let's pay for the kings. Let's pay for our, Paul says you pay for our, keep people in authority. Yeah, that they, they will govern well. They will govern well. So, no, 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 no. Oh, oh. I mean, it's good for them to govern well. But that, that, I mean, it's good for them to pay for that also. But that's not what Paul talking about. The instruction was for their salvation. Pray for their salvation. Because them living a godly life in all honesty is salvation now. I mean now. And if they are saved, do you know the amount of impact it will have if Barry comes tomorrow and says, well guys, my fellow Nigerians, I am now born again. Ah! Impact. It cannot, it cannot, it cannot be, it cannot be quantified, cannot be underestimated. So it's like even Kintan sometimes they, they, they are the best Bible for study for studying the Word of God. But then we also need to be careful. Pray for them. Pray for all men that all men might be saved. That all men might live peaceably. Might lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. All men, not we. Amen. Amen. Did you get that? Let us bless the Lord real quick. Let's bless the Lord. Let's thank Him in the Spirit. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Project Lighthouse podcast. We hope you've been thoroughly blessed by it and your faith has been stirred up. We encourage you to go over this teaching repeatedly for clarity and better understanding. However, if there's still areas of uncertainty, kindly send your questions to the contact link in the show notes. This podcast was recorded at our local church in Keitu, Lagos, Nigeria. If you'd like to join us at these meetings, kindly check the show notes for more information. Finally, please subscribe to this podcast to receive notifications of new episodes so that we may grow this community of believers. See you next time.